Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash saint14project and browse the unmatched selection of over 300,000 audio programs. Download a free title of your choosing on almost any internet-connected device and start listening. It's just that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash saint14project. Won't talk about the Ben Affleck Daredevil tonight because we tend to forget that. Knew someone was going to say it because it's the best movie. What? (laughs) Ben Affleck, very good Batman, not so good Daredevil. Welcome to the St. 14 Project Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Average Joe. With me tonight, as always, is Hatchy Dave and Dr. Goku. With us tonight also is Chris, 3711. Uh, Alex, or Sentinel Dad, is not with us tonight. He, unfortunately, came down with the flu, and it is a vicious strand this year. So, sadly, Sentinel could not make it on for tonight, but uh, he is... uh, and all of our thoughts and everything. Hopefully, he uh, he kicks it soon. And you know, he's a tough guy. He he's gonna battle through this. And also, wanted to say for Sentinel Dad, happy anniversary. Happy he remembers. Yeah, it's yeah. his anniversary today. So, happy anniversary from all of us and all the listeners and everything. We hope uh, you know, even though you do have the flu, you 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 still enjoy your day today. He also posted a couple pictures from his wedding day on his Twitter. So if you want to take a look at those, yeah, he was such years. a handsome, handsome man back 10 years ago. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know, usually, hopefully he kicks it means the opposite of what I think you meant. <laughs> <laughs> don't read into it, Dave. <laughs> uh, Bell uh, might be joining us also a little bit later. Um, so we look forward to her jumping in. Uh, she had some, uh, previous uh, plans that she was uh, already uh, committed to, so hopefully we hear from her a little bit later, but we are not alone. Tonight with us, joining us tonight, is the one and only Nick Kelly. Nick, how you doing, buddy? Dude, I am super stoked to be here. This is, uh, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the podcast, and listen to you guys today, uh, for sure, and um, I'm just excited. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, joining Thanks us tonight. Fun. It means a lot to us. I mean, you're you're very supportive of of the project and uh, the podcast alike. I mean, uh, we're really glad you came on with us. I mean, you're you're also joining us from. Uh, you have quite the catalog of uh, content that you actually make. Uh, you're one of the hosts of the uh, Happy Hour from the Tower podcast. Yes, and you also. Are host of a couple more podcasts. Yeah, correct? so yeah, absolutely. So uh, first of all, let me say I'm a huge fan because what you guys are doing is meaningful, 
it has it has a purpose and it has a vision as opposed to the knuckleheads that I do podcasts with where uh, you, know, <laughs> you guys have fun and try to entertain the folks who listen so um so we have a, a network of podcasts which is called the Geek Wolfpack Network and there are four total podcasts the three of them I'm involved in one of not um one is as you mentioned Happy Hour from the Tower which is our destiny themed podcast so we um, talk about state of the game like I'm sure we're going to talk about revelry right um mm-hmm. we we just did one on season of the drifter and uh and we kind of talk about what you know where we see things going how many times have we heard you know this next game's going to be a bungee killer you know all that those kind of things that you guys talk about as well um and then we also do uh, interviews with uh, streamers and content creators as well as some of the talent so I finally got your boy uh Mr. Brandon O'Neill Prince Aldrin uh, finally got him to come on and record with us this week, as a matter of fact. so I saw that, and I was tuned into that. That was a really good episode. He's amazing. What a good guy, right? <clears throat> he is a great guy. Yeah, and then uh, and then the other two, one is um, ADHD D&D, which is our Dungeons & Dragons gameplay podcast, um, which is five of us trying to, like, go completely off the rails at all times and then our dungeon master is the <laughs> ultimate straight man who just reigns us in consistently. Um, and then the last one is, is one of them called the Geek Wolfpack Podcast, which I do with my wife and my son, and it's us just kind of geeking out over pop culture and games and some things that we that we tend to enjoy together. So that's uh, that's the, the three that I work on. And then the fourth one is uh, our co-host on Happy Hour, which is T. Morris and his wife, Pitt Valentine, who... Um, wrote a, a really, really excellent steampunk series um, called The Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. And so their podcast is called The Shared Desk. And they uh, they literally share a desk and have a opinion something. <laughs> they they literally share a desk. I love that. I'm going to have to look into that. And definitely the, the Ministry series, is it's just really top-notch top writing. I don't know how you find the time for all that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this: I blinked, and my son is fifteen, so that's my don't blink. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying try not to blink. Mine's growing up real fast. Yeah, yeah. No. Don't blink. Don't blink. There's there. That's the tagline for today's episode. Don't blink. <laughs> don't blink. And that, also, that goes for warlocks too. Don't blink. <laughs> I actually, uh, it's funny that you would mention that. So my my son always plays a Titan. Or no, my son always plays a Hunter. I always play a Titan. My wife plays a Warlock. And I logged in this week to try to, to level her up with some stuff. And I hit double jump. And all of a sudden, like, all I did was move a couple feet forward. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, what what's broken about this jump mechanic? And it, I didn't realize it was on blank. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Oh, I made a, I made a whole video of me trying to blink. And I, all I did was kill myself <laughs> over and over. You need to master the blink. That <laughs> yeah, one blink shotgun was the way to go. Yeah, the best way to master is just don't play Warlock. So. Well, you, you need to have the blink. That's my strategy. <laughs> and Fell Winter's Lie. You all remember Fell Winter's Lie? I play Titan, so I have no idea what you're I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't think I used Iron Banner Shotgun? That was That's a sniper rifle. Oh. I remember now. Yep. Oh, you're just bringing it all back, aren't you? Bringing back the feels. Old school. But 
Also, Nick, don't don't set yourself short. I mean, yeah, you also have all of that uh, under your belt. You also are an author as well. Uh, you wrote uh, a series, uh, a graphic novel series, uh, Catwalk. And also you co-wrote with your wife another series uh, named Urban uh, Samurai, right? Yep. Yeah, that's so that's they're both still going on. Um, I'll tackle I'll tackle Urban Samurai first. Uh, that is one that we got together to write as a paranormal romance, and then we kind of screwed it up because the characters didn't get together. So, uh, <laughs> so her character is a thousand-year-old samurai that hunts demons, and my character is a DC undercover cop who doesn't believe in any of that supernatural crap until you know he sees it for himself. But then they have to go pair up and. And take it from there. So that that's that's a fun one to write because it's you know two different voices and how you you know the back end of how the sausage is made is a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the the catwalk series is uh, it's a it's a cyberpunk series. It actually launched in a comic book in two thousand and one that shipped on September eleventh, and so it didn't do real good. Uh, not a lot of people wanted to read about, you know, violent sort of, you know, future dystopia, anything at that time. So, uh, so we pulled the character back and put him into some novels, and the, those those started in 2006. So, book five of the, the Catwalk Caliber series actually just came out in January this year, uh, and there's also a, a, another graphic novel that's tied into it, and uh, some, you know, some some secondary artwork and some stuff like that. So. Um, those are super, super fun to write. The first book is Catwalk Messiah. Um, Catwalk is an ex-DC cop with unwanted cybernetics, and he moves out to what used to be L.A. to kind of just live among the dregs and make a quick buck here and there. And uh, then this crazed religious fanatic makes robotic versions of the Four Horsemen, and he's the only one who can stop them. So that's kind of where we kick the series off. That sounds really good. Yeah, I'm looking at the artwork right now for Catwalk Messiah. I gotta tell you, I did not know about this. I have to check him out. Heidi Sutherland, she's our, our cover art. She's amazing. That's yeah, really cool. Thanks. Yes, we wrote another one. It's uh, uh, you are a network as well. Yeah, that's that's a, a marketing book that I did for um, for you know the the home based businesses. The whole the whole idea that everything's a pyramid scheme. So it's basically it's a research project that gets into um, the legitimacy of, of of some of the relationship marketing companies versus um, you know what is defined as a pyramid scheme, what is defined as a Ponzi scheme, and all that. So it's 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 a statistical fun read if you really like like numbers and <laughs> doing nonfiction research. <laughs> it, it's definitely a whole different beast than everything else on there. That's cool. It's very interesting too. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a fine line between a lot of that stuff. Makes you think of like a Da Vinci Code or something like that. <laughs> um, Maybe I don't think I'm it's just... as like you know you're not uncovering the Holy Grail in, in this book there. <laughs> I don't know. I watch a lot of YouTube conspiracy theory stuff. <laughs> Ancient aliens. Oh yeah, I go to sleep <laughs> watching that show every night. Reruns. <laughs> I'm big on uh, I'm big on uh, Abandoned America or what's it? Yeah, my son watches that. Yeah. Abandoned America. Yeah, they go into like old abandoned hospitals or, you know, 
the same thing. Also, it's like paranormal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't go to sleep with that. <laughs> I live alone. <laughs> <laughs> I can only watch those during the daytime. Okay, well, we'll, we'll leave you with the ancient aliens. <laughs> uh, there was a dude who cosplayed that guy at BlurredCon a couple years ago, and um, he even had like a little sign that attached to over his shoulders that stuck out so it looked like subtitles, you know, that had the the guy's credit or whatever. The, I don't know the ancient aliens guy with the funky hair, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there was a, I'll have to find the cosplayer picture. <laughs> For sure. Well, I know we're on the topic of TV series and whatnot now, but what have you guys been playing? Goku, what have you been playing lately? Uh, haven't been playing many video games. Uh, dabbled into the revelry a little bit uh, the other day. But uh, like I mentioned um, a little while ago, I've been on a Marvel Cinematic Universe binge in preparation for um, Endgame coming up next week. So I'm I'm done Phase 1 and Phase 2, and I'm two movies into Phase 3 right now. So I just finished uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And watching them all in the MCU timeline. Oh, that's cool. And rewatching them in what the order is kind of opening up a whole lot of links that I forgot about. Really? Did you see the clip of uh, the two stunt guys doing the fight scene from Winter Soldier? No, I didn't. Oh my god! Somebody posted on Twitter. Amazing. That that to me is one of just the the tightest written movies in the MCU. I just love it. Yeah, I watched Winter Soldier the other night, and it, it was really good. I remember when they were announcing it, we were like, Robert Redford? What are you thinking? And then all of a sudden you get it to it, and you're watching it, it's a spy movie, and you're like, oh, okay then. <laughs> hmm. Chris, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Border- the Borderlands series, really, and uh, some Apex. Uh, but mostly Borderlands. And, I'm, Borderlands. Uh, I'm enjoying it. The first one was a little slow for me, but uh, when I got into the second one, it definitely uh, picks up the pace and the story gets better. So, really enjoying that. And I, I so I bought all all of them. I, I get the prequel too, so I haven't even started that one. Um, but you get the pre sequel. Yeah. You're playing on so, PC? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it was cool. And uh, Sentinel jumped in my game. <laughs> I went to get water and came back. I'm like, Who, what is going on? There's this person jumping in front of me. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize it was a co-op at that point. And I'm like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> he hacked your game. <laughs> exactly. So then I, I you know, I get back to the desk and I'm looking at my phone. He's texting me like, "Where are you?" I'm like, "I was getting water in the bathroom. I didn't realize uh, I ate company." So we ended up playing for Gonzalez. Yeah, it was cool. We had finished, a lot of fun. You finish those if you ever get a chance down to DC. We have Borderlands VR. Oh, oh yeah, oh, it is bonkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Yeah, there's some crazy characters and the things they. Come out, you know the comments they make and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, you know, it's it's funny. They they aren't afraid to pull punches. Yeah, right. So I, you know, 
definitely it's making three much more intriguing. And uh, I'm really end up picking up Borderlands three. Yeah, I end up picking up uh, Discord Nitro so that uh, I can play through the Metro series. And when I finish that, I'll I'll get the new one when it's on Steam next year. See, I got Nitro just so I can play Bioshock Remastered on PC. Yeah, I want to do that one too. I get my list is getting really long. Yes. So. So, Dave, what have you been playing? Uh, not a whole lot, but I've been jumping with the clan when I really ask for help for uh, Division. So I've done a few missions with them this week. Uh, I've been keeping up in Destiny with the uh, invitations tonight. I've been doing that every week. So I've been... I haven't been. I got two. I'm behind on two of them, so i got to catch up. I'm Did finding this. The, uh, the revelry at all? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't jumped in, but I probably. Uh, I played one run of that, uh, the new thing in the Infinite Forest. Yeah. And I went up to, I think I run up to level thirty-nine. And uh, I, I don't know what the record is, but I'm sure it's a lot higher than that. How long did that take? That was like an hour. Like an hour. I think you get 15 minutes, and the more stuff you kill, the time gets added on. I'm just kind of comparing it to, what was the Halloween one called? Now I'm the only one up to level 7, and it seemed like a long time. Yeah, the Haunted Force? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was time too, right? How long did you have to complete the... Well, you added more time in minutes. Past one, right? Oh yeah, that one was cool. I still love that gun that came from that, but uh, I have never seen Bungie go so all out with decorating the tower like they did for this event. Oh yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> Before for like Christmas, it was like a floating abstract snowflake. And piles of snowballs here and there. And then this other one was kind of like candles and this and that. This thing is decked out. I mean, this is something that you would find at a country garden center with all the wind socks and everything flying around that are shaped like flower petals. Like, dude, they went all out. If you're getting and the, the birds out of that Destiny Disco. Oh yeah, the, the yeah. green birds and everything. Dude, it's it's cool. I might have to go check it out. Uh, um since we're talking about Destiny, do you see uh Mesa's video on Destiny three? No, I didn't. It just dropped today, a couple hours ago. Hey, talking here? about that talking about the hints that they're dropping for the uh season three and um for uh, Destiny 3 release, the story. It's all tying into the Drifter and uh, Battle battle with the Darkness, I believe. So I'm guessing Savathun? I believe so, yeah. I only well, got the, the, about halfway through it. And then... See, watching throw a curveball and it's not even going to have anything to do with Savathun. Um, they, yeah. they have to bring Savathun. They've been mentioning her since Vanilla D2. See, I think Savathun is, is going to be on on the next uh, season, but I think Destiny 3 is going to be about the... Uh, there's a new race 
that's going to come out with the train. Yeah, that's part of the darkness. And so season three is going to continue the, he's saying, continue the story of the drifter more into, because the drifter is from uh, the dark age. And it's all going to play into the season three and then into destiny three. How there's so like I know a lot of the rumors and like a lot of it will be spoilers if they actually happen. So I don't know if I want to start saying too many things. But so they say that explains. we're gonna have a we're gonna have another enemy, and some of our enemies might not be our enemies anymore in Destiny Three. So the Fallen. Not only them. Cabal. It could be anybody. I think yeah, depending on. Yeah. It's really can only be them too because the hive is never going to be our friends. I don't think. No. <laughs> the vex. Just, yeah. No. Well, the vex are the vex. Yeah. Yeah. They got milk, so they're fine. They don't care about anything. Radio Lario. It's not milk. It's Radio Lario. <laughs> tomato. Tomato. Milk <laughs> but I started jumping back out of Death or uh, Division Two. I. uh I've been so engrossed with in that game. I, I, I'm enjoying playing on PC. I really do. It's just a very lonely platform. Yeah. There's not a lot of other people that are on playing it. Like when you get on PS4, if I get on PS4, I got 10, 12 pages of friends that are usually all playing at the same time that I can just kind of jump in. I never do, but they're there. Right. That's where all the launches come into play. And then, but the games are so pretty on PC and yeah. Division yeah. 2. And it's PC's so pretty stream from. Hmm? What was that, Coco? PC is very, PC is very pretty. Yeah. It is very pretty. It's very it, pretty it and simple. You know, well, and we could yeah, talk about this much in people at stream, but... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that is coming up. Sentinel's not here like to keep speed. us in line. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about the uh, PS5? Uh, PS5 yeah, we took gaming news with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Google's like, we'll talk about this on gaming news, but let's talk about PS5. Okay, yeah. you're up next. Yeah. Gaming news. <laughs> yeah, but I actually, uh, I, over the weekend, uh, I was playing around getting my PS4 rehooked back up, and I was having audio issues. So the other night, before the revelry, I got all my audio squared out and everything, and now I can listen to music on the PC and hear everything through one headset, so everything's all hooked up through... I just muted everybody by accident. I thought that was like, yeah, trick. These earcups, man. The outside of these earcups on this headset are like controls. I'm not used to it, but I can hear everything. I jumped into the revelry, and I'm trying my darndest to finish that form. I want to get that shirt. You know, it's an epic-looking shirt. And uh, the Bungie artist that made it is so talented. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. He makes majority of all the shirts, but I have to get this one because I think it's really cool. So I've been playing Destiny 2, trying to pump out the Thorn Quest, and I'm really enjoying I want to get that uh, the seasonal gun for that, too. But I'll tell you what, PvP is so just dead it's broken, broken right broken, now. Broken right now, yeah, because the right. grenades, right? It it's not even just grenades; it's all the pinnacle weapons and uh, everything. Yeah. Like it's so saturated with not forgotten's Luna House, uh, 
that submachine gun I can't think of the name of off the top of my head. Hunters. Hunters. (laughs) Warlocks with Nova bombs. You know, I've, I've gotten killed more with handheld Novas in the last couple days than I've been killed by these things ever in two years of Destiny 2. Have you guys seen the, uh, with the revelry, I guess with the, does that sound any better, by the way? Let me answer this question. Oh yeah, that sounds great. Okay, yeah, I switched up. The, um, uh, the consumables that you can use to basically just recharge, instant recharge your grenade or your melee. Like, and that's, that's, I think they built, they built them thinking it was going to work in the Verdant Forest and then all of a sudden people are using them in PvP. And it's like, guess what? Everything is mayhem, right? And, uh, and, and Brandon was making the point to me today. He's like, Hey man, we're supposed to be celebrating life. We should be living it to its fullest, right? Like it's supposed to be a hundred percent all the time. And I'm like, so everything's mayhem. That's the translation, I guess, but yes, everything uh, is mayhem. Yeah. So if you want, if you want a really, really good player who has done the thorn and done the last word and has done all, like all that stuff, my 15 year old would be an awesome guest. So just, I'm not that guy. I'm the, the slow Titan who, the only quest line so far that I've done that I really enjoyed was something had the do a heroic event and punch 75 fallen. Like to, that to me was like my, my favorite thing I've done in a long time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but while we're on the topic. And not reload a gun. Go through. <laughs> so Destiny is a, just a Guardians with Adderall right now. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Well, while we're on this topic, Chris, what have you been playing lately? I know you're around the you're you're traveling right now, but uh, have you had any time to play any games? Nick, I think he was referring to you. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. You oh yeah, Chris. yeah. Did I? Oh, did I? Yeah, we, we, Chris, we, and I'm thinking it's the, it's the Titan crossover. That's all it is. You know, we all get lumped in together, Chris. Titans, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm not a too. Titan. I'm a hunter, actually. I'm a hunter man. Oh, you yeah. play all the classes. Uh, yeah, I have one of everything, but, <laughs> but I mean, if he had to label me, I'm a hunter. Hunter man. Okay. Right. All right. Well, I thought you said Titan earlier. I was I was yeah. trying to bond with you a little bit, but all right, that works. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, the only thing I've really been playing consistently is uh, is Destiny, and it's it's partially out of just you know putting the, the years in with this game and really just loving. Um, the community that it's opened us up to and meeting like even you guys, you know, meeting you guys tonight on, on online and in person and all that other stuff. Um, but I travel a ton for work and sometimes successfully, sometimes I get to where I'm trying to go and sometimes they cancel a flight while I'm in LaGuardia, you know, that kind of like, so there's a lot of hours that kind of get chewed up on the road. Um, one of the things that I have been doing and I blame Adam Rubin, who's the host of outrageous acts of science on the science channel mm-hmm. uh, last year for my birthday i got his book pinball wizards and it's the, the history of pinball so now my challenge anytime i go out of town is i try to find somewhere that has pinball because you know you guys were talking about some of the nostalgia factor for for star wars and, and some of the other things that right. me growing up it was you know it was eight ball deluxe and silver ball mania and all these things that you're some the majority of your twitch listeners are going to go what the hell is that even uh, but like if I could find a place that has 20 or 30 pinball machines and just spend hours playing Twilight Zone, Adam's Family, you name it, you know, that's, that's sort of been the fun thing on the road. But when I'm home, it's been 
there's enough of Destiny right now that it's been basically grinding crap out of Invitations of the Nine, uh, you know, weekly, like weekly, dailies, all that other good stuff. Nice. But I, the thing that's on my radar that I have to finish is Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on the Switch. Hmm. Really? I think we ever talk about that game here. No. No, we don't. No, because we poured a kajillion hours into the original, mostly because the soundtrack is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, there's no other feeling like a real pinball machine feedback when you're pushing that. Have you ever buttons. seen pinball streamed? Like just recently, there was like a uh, like a pinball tournament or championship or something like that, and they were streaming the actual pinball like machine, like game from above. They had a camera, like literally, that just came at the middle. Dude, it was so cool awesome. to watch. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. But that's that's a cool thing. You, you never hear anybody talk about pinball anymore. Just like. Oh, yeah. Ski-ball, you, know, you know, me, me growing up, I, I saw like part of the evolution of like, uh, you know, the old school flat pinball machines. And then I remember seeing a pinball machine with like a second level, you know, mm-hmm. and it had like a ramp and you, mm-hmm. back then those were like new graphics. You know what I mean? That was like <laughs> a super upgrade. It's like, Oh wow. And then you start seeing like little spinning thingies and the, like the little things that push the ball to go faster. And he was so fast that. Like it, people used to like just sit there and just look at somebody that was good for like hours, just watching that same ball without him losing it for like an hour and be like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" They used to tilt so much playing <laughs> pinball. <laughs> I used to get so angry at pinball. It's not even, not even right. See, then that's probably what led me to be a titan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! Well. Tonight, our topic, to move us along, our topic this tonight is uh, we're going to be talking about the difference between social isolation and escapism. And this is a topic that was actually brought up last week, and Chris and Dr. Goku were there. Uh, one of our mental health professionals on our team, uh, Radical, brought this up towards the end of our Let's Talk stream last week. Um, and... I thought it was a great topic, something that that really we can dive into. And I know we'll dive into it on that stream, but I thought it would be really interesting to talk about, you know. So I was kind of glad that uh, everybody kind of agreed with it. And, you know, we're, we're touching on this because these are two things that are kind of blend together in my eyes a little bit and sometimes can get kind of a little little clouded and like kind of mixed up a little bit because well tell you what dr goku you want to bring us into the topic sure um when we talk about escapism or social isolation people will kind of use the term interchangeably but they're two different things you can have some escapism where it's not socially isolated just because when you're escaping into, example, video games, there is a social aspect. So firstly, we need to right. kind of understand the two. So escapism is the avoidance of unpleasant, boring, arduous, scary, or banal aspects of daily life by doing another type of task. 
we could uh, typically see it uh, going into books, virtual worlds, TVs, movies. We escape by fantasizing, mm-hmm. romanticizing about these uh, situations. While social isolation is a state of complete or near complete lack of contact between a person and society. It's different from being lonely as uh, with reflects to temporary and involuntary lack of contact. So you're lonely when you are temporarily not in contact with people. You're socially isolated when this becomes more long term. And they talked previously in terms of those four pillars of emotional regulation and how important not being socially isolated is. When we look at escapism, it it can be multiple different things. We can escape daily activities just because we want to feel powerful. We want to experience uh, new scenarios. We want to recharge our batteries from a long day of work. We socially isolate ourselves when we feel things become too much. A social isolation can be due to anxiety, it can be due to depression, it can be due to a lot of things. Um, before I go too much into more into in-depth on the topic, I wanted to get you guys, your guys' opinions on escapism and social isolation. I totally have one. Okay. We're in. I think all three, I think we were all about to talk at the same time. <laughs> that was a jungle cat moment. Everybody had four dudes ready to pounce on you at the same time. Um, I could tell you from from a uh, stressful job, right? So my my day job is I work in information security. I work with a, a lot of stressful situations. If you talk about data breaches and ransomware breakouts and and, and, and you know all the different types of stuff, um, and we're sometimes a very high stakes game. So it can it can there are days where, you know, it's a slow drip in terms of how much energy and, and time you can put invest in other people. And there are days where that bucket's empty real quick. And I I know if I come home and, and I have either a jigsaw puzzle or a Lego set that I'm not interacting with anybody. Family, friends, uh, it doesn't it nobody. Like that is it. I am right here and just don't even communicate with me. And I don't know which one of the two you'd categorize that, but I've definitely had those moments. That'd be more escapism. Uh, good. <laughs> okay. So at least not know what to call it, but you're, yeah, you're kind of escaping into your own little world where you can yeah. de-stress and decompress from what has been going on. Yeah. And it's definitely not tying like an identity into something else. Like, you know, but it, it is, I, like the walls are up, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That was my my personal experience with it that I, I completely recognize. As soon as you were discussing it, I'm like, I wanted to break in and go. So, what are some of the symptoms? But since you stopped and, and asked for questions, just wanted to kind of jump on it. That's just, again, first thing because I know I've been there. Because escapism can in. When we look at the the basis of escapism, it's not necessarily something that's bad. We all escape from 
our, our day-to-day lives. Like I mentioned, uh, either through a good book or playing video games, watching a TV show, all of that is escapism. We're escaping what's going on. However, escapism can become a little bit more detrimental when it becomes avoidance. When we're using it as a tool to avoid certain situations that are difficult. And it starts to cause problems at work. It starts to cause problems with our relationships. You're cutting yourself off from your normal social circle, which can lead to social isolation. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Can you still be isolating yourself and active on social media at the same time? Because it's not in person? I mean, how does that kind of play into it, I guess? You can be social on social media, but you're not necessarily having contact. Um, Being social is meaning that to really go out into the world, uh, fulfilling things you need to do for work, spending time with your friends and family. When you're socially isolating yourself, you're limiting any outside contact. Yes, you can interact online, but it's not the same type of contact. What if you're isolating yourself from social media contact? Because what I was going to say earlier, I was telling Joe earlier today, uh, I was like super behind on Discord and everything. And I know in my heart that I've been basically socially isolating myself, Uh, mostly from my normal social media, like uh, the Discord, uh, Twitter, which are the ones that I use the most to like communicate with uh, my online friends, which... I hold very, very dear to me. You know, like, this is like my support group, you know what I mean? Uh, my real life friends, I see at work. And at, or if I call them or whatever, you know what I mean? So I've been kind of like distant and kind of like kind of avoiding everything because uh as you guys know, there, I've been going through something recently, like a life-changing situation, right? So I've been trying to deal with that, and I feel very incomplete. So I feel like if I tr- interact with people, I am not myself right now. Mm-hmm. I'm distracted. I don't... It feels like I don't care about a lot of things as much as I did before because I'm dwelling on not being myself. Because there's something missing in my life right now. And I... So I've been distancing myself. And I'm always very conscious of, like, what I'm going through. Like, that's one of the things that I, I'm thankful for is because I, I can I can go into a depression. I can go into, like, what I'm going through right now. And I understand that this is what I'm going through. And I know it's not the end of the world. But I still kind of let it, like, take a hold of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, selling that to Joe... And so, well, the reason why I brought in the first question was, like, I was kind of, like, avoiding the Twitters, the Discords, and all that stuff. And I've been doing that. But I've been, and I don't see them every day, but, you know, like, when I 
get in a bad spot, I call my friends and they come pick me up. They take me out for a beer or like get some wings or something like that. And I usually don't do that. Usually I interact with my online friends because I play video games and I tweet all this stuff. And I changed the norm. So when I do socialize now, it's with my real life friends rather than go seek the refuge that I used to on social media with my friends, social media friends. Well, you're, you, Is that still... You can be isolating yourself from that online world, but you're also using direct contact. And direct contact is a lot more powerful than the digital medium. Yes. And that's probably why, you know, when I whenever I get to like a point where I'm so low, I just take one of my buddies and usually one of them shows up, brings some pizza or something. Because <laughs> social isolation is a way to cope. It's a way to deal with what's going on. It may not be the best way to cope, but a lot of people learn that it's easier to, tr- or it we feel it's easier to shut ourselves out just because it's more comfortable. It's hard to open up. I, sometimes I even feel like I just don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Like I don't... Maybe not deserve is the word, but like I'm like right now, I feel like I'm not good enough or myself completely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to like talk about like what happened to me, but I just I don't, I don't feel complete. So I feel like I I don't know I don't know how to explain. I maybe like you feel like you can't help because you're. Struggling yourself, yeah, but I, I part of it. Yeah, the, the truth of it is the exact opposite, Dave. When you're struggling, you can help someone just as much because maybe you understand, maybe you connect. But I think when you're struggling, you're more in tune to your own feelings, right? So, but it's also not easy, right? Yeah, it's definitely not easy for me. My personality is kind of like like it takes over, and it's like, who am I to like? bring anything to this table or this picnic, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's, but, a, but I... there's a quote by Russell Harris, which is one uh, of the main people with uh, ACT, which is the acceptance and commitment therapy. He mentions that everyone is climbing their own mountain. When you try to help someone or someone believes that, okay, you may not be able to help me, the person that is trying to help you is climbing their own mountain. They may just be at a different point in their mountain than you and can see a different path for you to take. But it's hard for them to see their own path. And that's why it's so important for them to seek help as well. To seek help from someone else, they may be a little higher up on their mountain and can see different paths for you. And every experience makes us climb our own mountains. And all of the things that we go through makes us more able to help or to discuss life events with others. 
don't know if that made sense at all. Do you uh, do you do you find that that this is uh, experienced more commonly? Uh, depending on where somebody is on that that sort of spectrum between introvert and extrovert, and even um, do you feel that in your again in your experience uh, that imposter syndrome can contribute to this type of thing? Imposter syndrome, introverts, a lot of that goes within to self-esteem, self-concept, anxiety. And when we fall into escapism or when we fall into social isolation, it's a way to cope. It's a way to protect. Yeah, that's, that's what I feel like I'm doing right now. I had a client today um, mentioning that he was socially isolating because he has gone through a lifelong uh, amount of pain and he's built up a cocoon to protect himself from the outside world. Building up a cocoon, yes, you feel that you may be protecting yourself from the outside world, but... You're also not letting anything good come through. So it's a double-edged sword. While escapism can be a beneficial tool to help us de-stress, to help us relax from certain situations, social isolation doesn't really have any benefit other than hurting ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of my isolation, I am kind of not using my ace escape. I can't say es- escapism. escapism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like it's part of the stuff that I am isolating myself from. You know, I'm not playing as much video games. I'm not participating too much in conversations online and stuff like that. Like, and I understand what I'm doing. It's it's temporary. I know we'll pass once I reach certain goals that I need to reach right now. So just got to get through that. But I, I am using it as a, like I'm just kind of hiding out, I guess. Well, it's good that you, you, you set, you, you can visualize your goals and you know what you're working towards. I mean, you're more self-aware than some people who could be in a similar situation that, are just falling deeper and deeper into that hole and aren't talking about it or aren't self-aware about it. And they just keep going, sinking deeper, deeper and deeper. I mean, it's great that you, you can see where you are emotionally and what you're, what you're going through. You recognize it and you know what you have to do to move past it. I mean, you, you know, we're all of us are always here, you know, all the time. Yeah. I mean, when you're quiet on Discord, I send you a text, you know, mm-hmm. just to wake you up. But mm-hmm. I, it, it's great that you, you do have that that eye to eye contact or that in person interactions with your friends, you know, even if it is just going to get a beer. Yeah. Because. You know, Bring like cutting off all sorts of all sources of social interaction is 
not only gonna worsen the situation, but it's also gonna have, it has physical impact as well as mental impact. I mean, you're, you're just not gonna be healthy. Your health's gonna diminish Mm -hmm. rapidly. Oh, and that's, I mean, part of the, the main reason that I'm part of this, you know, part of this group is because to me, uh, I am not very knowledgeable when it comes to like, uh, you know, mental health and stuff like that. I, I just want to bring awareness, you know what I mean? And that's, if I, when I learned about anything that I can go through, when I learned that I could cope with it, you know what I mean? And that's why I'm talking about it right now is because, you know, like I, I, like I said, I, I feel like I, I know what I'm going through. So I don't get to a point where I can't get back out of it, but I do let it take over me in a way. So like, this is the whole point, you know, we just want to talk about this stuff so people can be like, Oh shit. Or sorry. <laughs> and like, that's kind of how I was feeling this one time or whatever. And now they can see, you know, like we're not alone. Like, uh, and there's ways to kind of like, understand what you're going through yourself even if you still need interactions and and Mm -hmm. you need you need somebody and we're all here so i just that's why i kind of wanted to talk about it and i didn't get too much into this very important fair we need that connection and oftentimes we get the connection online which is good but having connections close to you, getting out of the house, doing activities with friends, it can be so liberating and so beneficial. Uh, is it possible to be classified under both social isolating and escapism? Well, you can socially isolate yourself and completely just be in a fantasy world. Uh, the the stereotypical uh, gamer that lives in a basement that just plays uh, video games all day can be socially isolating themselves and escaping the difficulties of the real world. Right. I mean, I've had people who have argued in history or in the past that that's how they come up with their brilliant ideas, you know, is by isolating and escaping to their own mm-hmm. kind of reality. Because there's that's a fine line. Them. There's a fine line where escapism, like I mentioned, becomes avoidance. Escapism can be me time. It can be relaxing. It can mean that I want to play video games with my friends or I want to draw or play music. It becomes avoidance when I use it as a tool to not deal with the emotions that I have. When I use it as a tool to not confront the perceived dangers of the world. And it becomes a crutch. Right. I I think I can I you can see that more and more mm-hmm. nowadays with the the number of gamers growing and growing in in the in the community 
what would be, uh, off the top of my head, I can't think, but, you know, what's collective mind here, what would be a couple uh, things you could look out for that would make you, like, realize to yourself that you're you're not... You're not coping. There you go. I would say the person get it out. <laughs> pay attention to your family. They're they're gonna start letting you know. Yep. Yeah. Your hygiene, like, right? I mean, if you're spending hygiene. too much time time on something. Basic self care and hygiene. So you're not eating. You're not taking showers. You're not sleeping. You're not talking to anyone. You're staying put all day. You're not going out. And your entire life is consumed by whatever you use to escape. So, Goku, you you just talked about a couple of, of things there. And you mentioned up front the four pillars. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and I think what you just described is sort of deterioration of those four pillars or some of those pillars. And can you just kind of reiterate what those pillars are? Because I think that's you. Yeah, it's something that I talk a lot about uh, within the podcast. Those four pillars are nutrition, hydration, sleep, and uh, social connection. So when we are malnourished, dehydrated, sleep-deprived, and socially isolated, we become more emotionally volatile. Those four pillars are also the four pillars of of human torture. When we want to break a prisoner of war, that's what we do. And yet, when we use escapism as a tool to not cope with everything, we're essentially torturing ourselves slowly. And we get stuck into uh, what's called the lethargy cycle of depression. Hmm. Let me pull it up here. While you're doing that, I, I've i always kind of categorized, and my family have told me this too, I've always been a dreamer. I always had my head in the clouds, uh, uh, pixelated traveler. Uh, when we were recording uh, Pixels After Dark last week, uh, I talked about at one point how, uh, actually, uh, Gamma Trap, when he was on, was talking about being on a long car ride and being just totally emerged in whatever music that you're listening to or whatever you're listening to and creating a world from it or a scene. And I actually took a script writing class in college and actually, uh, or a screenplay, you know, class. So I learned how to write screenplays. And I actually wrote down two of these ideas I built off of those scenes from those situations and this and that. And those have been shelved, but I totally lost where I was going with that. Oh, you didn't escape us. I, 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 from being a dreamer and, and you know, in that standpoint, I, I could almost put a label on it as being an escapist. You know, I, I, I put myself. That can be healthy. True. It's when, like I mentioned, when we use escapism as avoidance, as a a way to 
uh, not deal with everything. So I'm going to share my screen. Sorry for the uh, the audio listeners. Oh, you're fine. We can. Yeah. Uh... But I'm all going to walk through it. All right. So you guys uh, see it here. So this is the lethargy cycle of depression. So it goes from depression to a loss of fatigue, loss of energy, fatigue, loss of interest and motivation, decrease in metabolism, heart rate, and physiology, which mm -hmm. then brings a decrease in activities that led to pleasure and mastery or accomplishment. There's possibilities are getting neglected. We have inertia. Then we feel guilt, hopelessness, incompetence, worthlessness that reinforce that sense of depression. A way to break this cycle is increasing your activity levels to break the cycle of lethargy. So the more you're using escapism as a tool to deal with everything going on, the more you're neglecting your responsibilities, the more inert you're becoming. So inertia is that second law of thermodynamics. An object in motion will stay in motion unless it's acted upon by an equal or opposite force. The same is true about an object at rest. It'll take that much more effort to not be at rest. When we feel the world being too difficult, the world being um, overly cruel, will want to escape to a world where we feel powerful. Certainly for, for video games, it makes us feel powerful, it makes us feel successful when we do not feel we have that in the real world. And using it to escape is not bad. But when it's our sole source of what makes us feel good or worthwhile, then it becomes detrimental. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a Thank lot. Thank you for doing that. Uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, real quick, Chris. Hold on to that thought. Uh, for all the audio listeners, uh, Dr. Goku pulled up on his screen and it showed a, uh, uh, a a graph or a diagram going around in a full circle of all the uh, illnesses and uh, emotions that he just described and essentially uh, just brought it all the way around. Go ahead, Chris. What, what were you going to say? I, I was just saying, I, I mean, I almost hate to use the word, but in a way it can be beneficial to get rid of the distractions, right? I guess that's the fine line is whether you're using it to close out the distractions and, you know, maybe focus on whatever your your goal is or what you're trying to create or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. One thing I, I can recommend for everyone is to be conscious about those pillars in terms of have I eaten today? Have I drank any water? Have I gotten enough sleep? 
have I connected with anyone today? If you answer no to any of those things, well, it's a good indication that you may need to go do that. (laughs) Yeah, if you've been in your pajamas for seven days. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had clients that if the only thing that they did in a day was get out of bed and head to the couch, that was a successful day for them. Nurture sure can be that powerful. Wow. I've had clients that they had stayed in bed for two, three, four days. Yep. Have you had... had... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, you owe me a Coke real quick. I was just going to say, it's not only, uh, like, I, I know we talk about video games all the time, so a lot of people are probably thinking, like, this is all video games that we use as an escapism. Es- escapism? Sorry, my Spanglish won't let me say yeah, that. We love Spanglish. <laughs> but uh, people use TV uh, and movies for that as TV. well, for books. Like, I, every time that I've gone through a full-on depression, I end up watching Scrubs from the beginning all the way to oh, the last episode. Man, I love it. I don't know about, so that's one, like, when I get to that point, I'm like, oh, I'm in a bad spot, because I'm feeling to watch Scrubs again, so, it it could be, like, just sitting, you could be sitting on Facebook, just looking at memes all day, um, mm-hmm. like, it, it could be anything like that. We can use anything to escape. Yeah. And for a lot of people, and not to go on too much of a tangent, but a lot of people that start uh, addictions to drugs, typically they'll use the drug to escape what's going on in their life. Problem is that substance then becomes a crutch, then becomes their coping strategy, and they become addicted to it. So what they were using to escape is now causing them more harm than good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that definitely can get dangerous. Um, but you could also use your work, too, correct? Yep. People that are workaholics? Oh, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's probably an easy one. I mean, it probably could even start out, you know, you're behind that month or something, so you need the overtime or something like that. And then, you know, leads into one thing. You just kind of get in that zone. and mm-hmm. Yeah, Trying to get away from facing something at home. Yeah. 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 Kids are driving you nuts. Find an excuse to stay at work. That way you don't have to confront those situations when you get at home. Not getting along with the wife or fighting with the kids or there's some kind of drama going on. Have have you found uh, or have you had any clients or have you had any um, incidents where you found somebody makes the social media equivalent of almost a, a cry for help. I, I feel this bad. I don't like this about myself. You know, that type of language. But then that same person just doesn't answer anybody's responses, even if they're something positive or how can I help, you know, what's wrong, that, that type of stuff. Yeah, I've had that happen. And it, it's hard because you want to be there, you want to help, but ultimately... The only real way that you can help someone is if they want to seek help. If they're not ready to seek help, whatever you're going to be saying is going to 
go into one ear and out the other. Yeah. Could that fall under the same category as differentiating between either it's a cry for help or a cry for just attention? You know what I mean? That, that varies from person to person. And situation to situation, yeah. But in that situation where somebody expresses that they're experiencing this or they're being affected by X, Y, and Z, and you try to support them, educate them, and it seems like it's just going in one ear and out the other, and they continue the conversation just to hold the conversation, it doesn't seem like they're retaining it. I mean, would would that be, you know, I, I answered my own question. I'm going to edit yeah. it out. It, it, <laughs> it definitely happens in Discord, right? So, I mean, people come into the server, maybe say a couple of things or don't say anything at all, and then all of a sudden they, they're gone, right? Go to tag them again and it, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Or you just hope yeah. that they'll stick. Right. And people get scared, people get well, yeah. uncomfortable for a number of reasons. Yeah, especially if, if maybe it stems from anxiety, right? So they could even come into the server and then all of a sudden, what am I doing? You know, kind of bright eye, you know, like the deer in the headlights. Yeah, they can get this, Maybe this wasn't a good idea and they back right back out. Or maybe they were forced there. By somebody else, in a way, or pressured. I shouldn't say forced, but. Now, I don't want to, you know, just have uh, it all be semi neutral, semi negative about escapism or talking about social isolation, because sometimes social isolation, like Chris said earlier, can spark creative thoughts and ideas and help you work through certain situations, but also playing games and gaming, escaping in that environment in a healthy way can be very positive for a person's mental health. And that's that fine line between escapism for enjoyment and escapism as a tool for avoidance. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. Life is hard, so sometimes you just gotta get away from it somewhere or another, yeah. and you're doing nothing but good. It's when you cannot abuse it when that's when it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it's when you mix the two, right? Mix the two together. That's when you get the the more. Yeah. Escapism or playing games shouldn't be the only coping strategy that you have. Have, uh, has anybody out of the you know, five or five listeners, I don't know, in camera, um, got any success <laughs> stories of like isolating yourself, not isolating yourself, but maybe you know, escapism turning into a creative outlet that, that turned into something productive? I, we, we, we've, in chat, we've got somebody who's talking about art and, uh, and the things that they've managed to, to create through that, I'm very proud of my Legos that I've created. <laughs> but uh, um, I could tell you that there was a there was a long drive that I was on. It was uh, storming, 
and I had the Radio Classics channel on, and it was Detective Week. So it was nothing but like 1940s and 50s, uh, Philip Marlowe and Sam Spade and the Saint, and all that, and, and, and other than craving black coffee for the next 10 days. Um, it, it really kind of gave me like a noir feel that, that, that helped influence some of the writing that, that goes into the stuff that I've done before. So I thought it was a, a weird kind of, you know, you're driving on a lonely, you pick up a hitchhiker, you're, it's either, you know, you're going to die kind of scenario. <laughs> but, but it definitely turned into something that was um, a positive outcome, even though I, there was no social interaction that was associated with it. I don't know if anybody else has a, that kind of in personal uh, experience. I would give the example of the project was actually spawned from using escapism and, but in a group form, you know, being in the destiny community, we all used to uh, a majority of us uh, that brought the project together, all used to game with each other. And over time we used to play, I, I mean, if you've ever done a Destiny raid in D1 and then King's Fall at the beginning, it was like a five-hour ordeal. <laughs> so you do that twice a week, there's 10 hours right there that you're getting to know these people in a group. And that, you know, escaping into this, into virtual world, essentially. But you start picking up on verbal cues of how somebody might be feeling. And you start to become more invested in other people's well-beings in this platform that it actually eventually spawns, you know, the beginning of, you know, the same 14 project and, you know, ultimately, you know, project guardians and everything. If you could take it that way, not isolating yourself as far as, you know, craving, you know, black coffee, you know, for 10 days, you know, in the car. It didn't make me start smoking, but it was close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was a great topic. Does anybody else have any other uh, examples that they could give? No. I guess I think probably everybody at some point or another, whether it was just for a very short time, has experienced it or done it. Without really realizing, you know, I, mean, I think any of us, when we get super focused on accomplishing something, I think you almost force yourself into it. No, I mean, yeah, 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 for sure. I like that. Great topic. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you, Dr. Goku, for I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. It always comes at the right time with this show. <laughs> yeah, that's what you were saying earlier. You're like, I couldn't tell if you were joking earlier or if you were being serious. No, man. The message is very hard to read sometimes with emotion. Yeah. Uh, but no, that no, that's great. That's fantastic. Let's go into some gaming news. You guys want to talk about some gaming? Sure. Heck yeah. Let's do it. Okay. All right. And, you know, for everybody else in chat, we're going to go over some some uh, gaming news real quick, and then after that, you know, stay tuned with us because we have a really awesome character analysis this week, and it's going to be on Daredevil. And this was Nick's suggestion. And, I have uh, things to say. 
Uh, <laughs> it should be really good. But we're going to touch on some gaming news real quick. First thing that I have uh, real quick is actually uh, the first two things. And feel free to jump in with any sort of gaming news that you might have mentioned earlier in the show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, first two were actually Destiny related. Uh, just this week, Destiny released their seasonal content. It's the Revel- Revelry. It's their springtime uh, event. The towers the all first decorated. Time they did it. Is it? No, they did a spring one before. No, they did uh, summer last year, so the summer solstice. And then they always had um, Festival of the Lost. And uh, what was the winter one again? I don't remember the oh, name man. of the winter one. It's, um... The Dawning. Thank you. But they never Am had I anything just, for spring. Am I just thinking of the spring update? Yes. Where they changed the sandboxes and everything? Yeah. Alright, well that was, released... In D1 Tuesday. they had the uh, Year of Triumph... In the spring, if I remember correctly, you got and they memory. re-released all the raids. Oh, what the yeah. sparrow racing too? We don't talk about sparrow racing. <laughs> <laughs> Not until Destiny, you know, Bungie brings it back. Yeah, because right now it's just getting everybody's hopes up. Right, yeah, but Revelry's pretty decent. Oh. Actually, uh, Pixelated just said, you know, Halloween, Christmas, and uh, Crimson Doubles. Crimson, so, yeah, Valentine's Day, yeah. Uh, Valentine's Day. But regardless, that, that event is going on right now in Destiny 2. The tower is absolutely just jam-packed full of tweeting birds and flowers and wind socks and all sorts of cool stuff. I'm Go sure check Bell's it out. gonna love that new ghost shell. Yeah, yeah the lapine shell. There's a lot of cool uh, cosmetic gear and stuff like that that you can get. There's also another new uh, limited Exotic. time weapon that you can get, mm-hmm. and I think you need 300 of the pieces, the the currency you get for the event to get that gun, and it's a kinetic. Uh, Line Linear rifle. fusion. Yeah. And that thing is a beast. I will tell you what. That thing does not care if you have fields on or... Don't matter. That thing will just blow you right out of your socks. I mean, it's it's something else, man. I, is I've it more powerful by that. Dude, I, I think it might be a touch more powerful, just not as aggressive. Because that thing gets my anxiety going, but... Uh, it's it's a cool gun, so I would definitely check that out. And the infinite has been retooled as well. Uh, yeah, it's more of a Halloween dungeon event. crawl type of thing. Is it more like uh, how it was for the uh, the haunted forest, or is the it haunted a forest bit more? was? It's different because haunted forest you only had a certain amount of time to right, get right. as far as possible. Yeah. Whereas this one, every kill you get adds time. And mm. every time you complete sections, it adds mm. more time. So you're always refilling your time meter to reach a, a later section. 
uh, like I said, I only did it once. I reached section 39. And when you run out of time, you go into a boss round gauntlet, depending on how many uh, sections you beat. So at 39 sections, I we had five bosses in a row. Oof. All right, you're going to have to take me through that this weekend. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have it to it was actually really fun. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, but definitely go check that out. Uh, the other thing that I, and that's going to be on for the next two weeks, I believe. I think so, yeah. Two or three weeks. Uh, so definitely jump in, check that out, get some of the cool gear. It's also another avenue. If you're behind on your power level, it's a great way to just power level yourself. There's a lot of powerful gear dropping throughout. Mm -hmm. And, uh, throughout the, they go on through it. Oh, well, just yeah, there are uh, armor sets as well from it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So we'll drop at a higher power level. It'll be like prime engrams or prime gear. Yeah, you get you double uh, engrams <clears throat> at Eververse as well. Definitely gonna try it though. Yeah. yeah, the kid is the kid has seven hundred everything that he wanted to do on, on his list. So I could tell you that that's definitely a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tackling that. I'm not. I think I just hit six seventy four. So I got a ways to go, but I yeah, I, I think I'm at six six sixty nine or six seventy. So I'm not not too far Ooh, behind. I'm still, I'm still beating you though. Well, yeah, you still are. Am I higher than you guys for the first time? Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Better check maybe, it. Out. Maybe I don't remember. Well, while Dave's pulling up his uh, his uh, Ishtar app to, to prove us <laughs> wrong that he's finally surpassed all of us. Uh, one thing that came in the news from Jason Shriver, who is the uh, the editor-in-chief of Kotaku. Uh, he's also written a book. It's also called uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. It's a behind-the-scenes uh, look at some of the more popular games and how they were made and the turmoil that went into making these games. But he interviewed some, uh, some members of Bungie, and uh, one of the things that came up was the cross-save, cross-play uh, thing that is a lot of different games are going to now. Yeah, they're pushing for it. And turns out that uh, when they were initially wanting to do the same thing with Destiny, but Sony actually blocked them from doing it. And I found that to be just kind of crazy that, that they would, that they have such a, uh, a tight, contract that they have to uh, oblige to that well, they could they actually... Had, they had that exclusive it. deal. Yeah, they had the signed exclusive. They had no choice. Sony yeah. held all the cards. Just but last it, week, there was a few of the Sony exclusive guns that were dropping on other platforms. Right? Yeah, it was a glitch, though. They fixed it, supposedly. But that opens it up to... If they could just flip that switch, turn off all those exclusives for other platforms and all this. Yeah, when the deal's over. Definitely. They can yeah, definitely it. allow. Yeah, there's oh. an article in, I think, Tech Radar, right? And it says it's, uh, the stuff's already there. It's on the game. It's just they can't open it. You're going to have to find that article for me. But yeah, I'll send it over. I actually read it tonight, so... But suppose they're also saying that now Sony's changed their tune because, and it says straight out, we don't want to do it. But 
they need to save faith in public image. Mm-hmm. Um, Same thing but it actually Fortnite. makes it actually makes zero sense for PlayStation to do it because it opens them up to people leaving the console, and they are exclusively the largest console on the mm-hmm. planet. So, you know, they don't want to do it, and it doesn't make business sense for them to do it. But, but they need to have good public opinion right now because of the next leak and, that came out for the PS5. Right. So that's that's where it's all stemming from. Because they want to they want to sell the new consoles as well. Speaking when, of that, yeah. <laughs> what did you, did you hear out? about the new PS5? Did you guys check out the leak for the new PX and PS5? I did. I saw the information drop on it. Uh, They're pretty vocal about uh, what is... As a tech nerd, it, it makes me go, ooh. Yeah, it's got that AMD processor in it. And it, it that thing literally looks like it's 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 definitely it, next generation. So yeah, I'm, it, I'm Apparently curious. the new GPU is going to support ray tracing. Yep. Which is a, a new tech that just came out this year with the, the NVIDIA cards. Yeah, uh, it's a lower well, lower rate of the, the tracing because uh, the same article, if we read the same one, was saying that uh, it's still a new new thing that uh, and it's about the way the light hits and reacts. To yeah. Everything. Well, the yeah the card you it, have in your PC right now. Yeah, it, it, it allows it. Yeah, you have it, an RTX 2060 in your PC. That's that's what RTX is. It it's allows the, the game to render lighting and sound yeah. on its own. Yeah, on its own. So so the the game developers, once they say like, okay, the sun is coming out from this side, the game knows where the shadows are gonna be. That's it where the shadows. It's, it's very it's not, GPU. But it's like it's like for movies and stuff like that. Until recently, they started using it on games. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they mentioned so, they they mentioned there's supposed to be a new VR headset as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard. That. But but the old one is compatible with the yeah. PS5 or the new console. Apparently, and the new PS5 is going to come out of the box with an SSD. SSD and. It cuts down from from they compared a loaded game with Spider Man, yeah, and it went down from fifteen seconds to like point eight seconds of loading. That is crazy fast. That's big. That is big. Mm-hmm. Like even if you had a big game too, and it's it's gorgeous, but it is a not a small game. Uh, an SSD on a PS4 Pro would bring it down like from fifteen seconds to like twelve seconds. It doesn't make if that you much buy, difference. No, and this one is 0.8 seconds or something like that. It's yeah. less than a second. They so also that's... mentioned that it's going to be 4K 60 frames per second compatible and also support 8K upscaling. I, I still don't understand that. I mean, there there's not even really any games out there that are 4K at this point. Or at least the vast majority are not even touching it yet. Yeah, well, there's an argument that 4K gaming is a waste of time. You can't even the human eye can't can't. Depends on how big your screen is. I don't. Know. People used to say that the human eye couldn't see past 28 
frames per second, and obviously we can. So, um, no, I, I get with, that. With the but 4K, I mean, it's it's depending on how big your screen is and how far you are from the screen. Yeah, if you're playing like 8K, with a computer monitor, 10 1080p or 1440p is fine. If you're playing on a big screen TV, 4K has a benefit. 8K make a difference for people that can't afford a 70-inch TV, mm-hmm. which probably costs $10,000. You know, like... Uh, they're on a, Yeah. But they're forward-thinking. Yeah, that's good. Like Future-proofing is outstanding. And it's going to be fully backwards compatible with PS4 games. PS4 so far. They haven't announced PS3. That, that's new for that. Sony. But they're putting a lot of patents for all, all that stuff. Yeah. We just don't know if they're going to implement it. They haven't announced it yet. I, I'm excited to see what they're going to be coming out with. For sure. Yeah, I know they increased the amount of dev kits out there to give more studios and you know the studios that already have them more time to uh, develop to the new PS5. I don't know. Xbox should be a little nervous. I mean, they seem to be releasing a new console every six to eight months, like like a Call of Duty game. They, they just released well, a new one uh, this week. Yeah. yeah. They, announced, yeah. they announced a new one. It's not going to have a, a, a disc. disc drive. Yeah, yeah, there's no disc. It's only online. Which, uh, I mean, that's the Xbox cheap. One S um, all digital console. So the Xbox One X SAD. <laughs> that's the acronym. Oh, that's, that's, you that's watch the same video going. I did, huh? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the next evolution of gaming, right there. I mean, you're not going to be going to the brick and mortars and buying discs. You're going to be streaming it. I mean, look at how people watch cable or TV now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Netflix and now streaming. Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus and Hulu and. You know, you got uh, when it came to like 4K uh, video, the PS4 Pro did not came with a 4K uh, Blu-ray player, or whatever it's called, of HD TV. No, it, it so, didn't came, it come with a four-way it, Blu-ray. And their argument was the same one. It's like everybody's gonna stream, you know? Yeah. So, and I know PlayStation, uh, the new one is gonna have a disc. But PlayStation were the first ones to have, on console, they were the first ones to have video game streaming. With the, what was it called? PlayStation Plus? Uh, no, PlayStation Live. PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Now. Now, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah they, just, they just beat that up, too. Yeah. Well, try, I remember trying it back in the day. It was not horrible. Yeah, because no. it was powered by OnLive. Yeah. You guys remember OnLive? I don't remember it, but I know that Sony bought them, and I guess that's yeah. what they were. And, and they turned it into PlayStation Now. Yeah, PlayStation. They're making a lot of moves with all that stuff. Their new PlayStation View, their TV service is actually pretty good. I mean, when you look at the channel lineups and all that kind of stuff. Depending and, on where uh, you are in the world, yeah. Yeah, and they just revamped um, the game service, so I think they're really putting a push to try to, you know. Help monopolize that, mm-hmm. that part of it. And then there's uh, Google Stadia. I want, I want, an, I want you guys to do a future episode on all 
the stuff that Google Stadia said that it's going to deliver, because I, otherwise we'll be here for four hours. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're very, <laughs> very ambitious. I think they're yeah. a little too ambitious right now, but... It's, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's essentially gaming as a service, which gets rid of, like, I think that's why a ton of the market pressure is on some of these other companies, whether it's Apple Arcade or uh, some of the, the announcements that Sony's making to be less proprietary, but I think that, to me, is either a game changer or you know, the city of the cloud. It's going to be the future. Rather than yeah. have a super powerful box, it's all going to be running on servers. I think I yeah. think he's going to well, succeed and he's going to be great. I The thing is, is when it does comes out in the next like two years, there's only going to be like a, such a small percentage of people that will be able to actually like enjoy it. Well, it's going to be the cities that are like set up with like like fiber optics and 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 all that but stuff. But imagine that you don't need too much bandwidth to have that stable connection. But it needs to be steady, which yeah. you know my like I get a hundred here, which is pretty good, but it fluctuates, so it could it could affect it. You know what I mean? But when I running a lot of companies are pushing for fiber because yeah, eventually. And well, I, yeah, I have a gigabyte long. connection. But I mean, I, yeah, I to to say I could stream now all all this stuff that they've been showing the Stadia stuff they're not streaming AAA games, it's they're streaming indie games. I've yet to see them stream on well, on Stadia. They showed, they are. They showed yeah. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's oh, yeah. Creed. I, I, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I and, didn't uh, see that. the Odyssey. Is it the new? Is Odyssey the new uh, one? Yeah. yeah, Odyssey was the one, and that was the one that they basically did as a beta back in November. Yes, yeah. at 4K60. Which, yeah. which uh, you see, that's what I mean. Like, uh, okay, according to what they're saying, you'll be able to run max everything if you have the connection. So, yeah. let's say you're like, today my internet is great. I'm going to start running this game at max, you know, 120 frames per second, or on capped if you want to, and then 4K, and then you're going to start dipping or fluctuating. It's prime time. Everybody turns on Netflix, and then your game is going to get messed up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're running Ooh. at max speed, you know, or max right. whatever. It needs the the infrastructure of fiber to, to be really next-gen, but they're also pushing for uh, 5G. Yeah. 5G is coming up real fast, and 5G is pretty much better than most people's standard internet connection at, at their house. According to the internet, 5G is going to be the end of the world. So. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> robot to finish taking it all over. Go back to that. What war is that? Oh, uh, it's conspiracy theories, man. 5G. Hmm. 5G is what the uh, the robots need to prove that the Earth is flat, climate change is not real, and uh, to kill all the humans. That's that's. that's <laughs> so Skynet. Skynet. Oh basically. God. Google. Why does everything come back to Skynet? <laughs> because <laughs> it's a prophecy. It's not a movie. It's a prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like the twelfth episode Joe's come up with Skynet. Steve's right. And he, yeah. That whole premise of the Terminator came from a dream. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah, but we're not I, gonna talk about more. 
Yeah. No, I, I think it's Please great. I think it's a great idea. It's just, you know, whether or not it, it comes through, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, AMD is investing a ton into it. They're, they're partnered up with Google, so they're all in. They're gonna, you know, they've already committed to designing the, uh, uh, exclusive GPU for it, so because mm. that's going to take some serious um, GPU power to pull off. So I think if the uh, if this effectively kills the two thousand dollar beefy home Windows gaming box, then you better go, you know, uh, cozy up to to Google because they're the ones building infrastructure where all those the GPUs are actually going to run, right? Yeah, because uh, they they're saying it. They're building a whole lot of uh, servers and server infrastructure closer to people's houses, so it'll cut down on latency. Right. But you still need to be able to process that signal. So you still need, you're going to need a a hefty GPU to... to No, it's all streamed through the web. So it's streamed through YouTube. So it's all done on their end, and essentially you're playing a video feed. Like yeah. if you're watching a 1080p or 4K video on YouTube, the the server is the one that's gonna be doing all the horsepower when it comes to right. like the. So it's just pretty much plugging the HDMI cable to to your computer. So if you have a good connection, you can play with the most top of the line exactly. computer gaming system that you could ever play with. And they were showing on phone or tablet or any. Joe, you got to rate a cent. This is going to be a three and a half hour <laughs> stadia conversation. I'm watching the clock. Don't you? <laughs> but I look standard. forward to where you guys. Well, you didn't try to do this a long, long time ago, right? I mean, kinda. I mean, not exactly the same thing, but Nvidia tried to do has a similar feature, GeForce Now. Yeah. Right. Uh, I tried it out. It actually works pretty well. There's a few, though. Yeah. There's more and more creeping up. There was a few things at PAX East that were on that plane. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll see what more comes out. I mean, uh, that uh, that Google console's not coming out for another year or so, isn't it? It's coming out later this year. Yeah, Later this year? I, I thought it was like early 2020. It's saying 2019. So I'm sure they're going to probably try to at least, you know, well before Christmas. To... Oh, no. Just like everything else, it'll come right around that three-week period where every new game drops at the same time. October? Every new wow. S drops out. Hate yeah, PlayStation did that last two times, right? Yeah. No. See. What game? What game was that that you were saying? Was coming up. There was like, oh, uh, the the Google. Oh, that's when it's the coming. Google console. Yeah, yeah, twenty nine is coming out there too. But that's when I think the Last of Us Two is gonna come out. Oh yeah, I'm broke <sighs> over here. We come. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, Whatever happens. One quick thing that's not game-related that came from gaming is uh, Lucas uh, Studios uh, is uh, announcing a project that they are developing a new series or movie series of the Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I think that would be pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. 
if you've Resident ever played Republic any of those awesome. games. Yeah, it was. And I'd be Back really when Bioware was in their heyday. That. Yeah. Uh, that was just real quick. And uh, also, uh, Apex Legends, their viewership has started to dwindle down. A lot of the uh, top streamers that were all playing it, like the top 20 streamers, they're down to, I think, the only the top two of 20 are playing it now. So they their viewership in the last month has dropped from 47 million down to 10 million. It's still amazing, and that's still a lot of people watching, but that's quite a swing. So I'm kind of curious to see. They're going to be but they're always down to what their content drops are going to be to bring people. People With see if their numbers drop even There's more. always some mm. new thing. Right, right. Well, it's, it's a money thing too. They're not paying out as much. They're not paying as many streamers to play as say not Fortnite. Not playing Ninja a million dollars to stream it. Yeah, Epic. Epic pays a lot of people to play that game. They're on the payroll. He's not dishing out the money. I think the main thing is Shroud's getting paid. Shroud gets paid to play Apex. I think the main thing is the uh, the uh, the battle pass. It just didn't have enough content, even though it was cheap, ten dollars, and but it just didn't have too much for people to like look forward to get throughout getting to level one hundred. You know what I mean? While in a uh, Fortnite, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, um, it, yeah. it's super rewarding to get to level one hundred. In Fortnite, and it's not very rewarding in Apex. The the gameplay in Apex is rewarding, but the well, and yeah, and the server trouble again. That's on EA again, you know. Well, just like any EA, it all comes down to pretty much if it's a a exciting or fun game. I mean, if people aren't having fun with it, they're not going to play it. Yeah, and before we go, going back to Star Wars. Uh, the Falling Order video game. Did you guys see that trailer? I did. That was pretty, pretty uh, sweet. They're they're really dishing it out right now. Respawn's really one week. Good. We got all these announcements. Respawn. Oof. I'm excited for that. Uh, I mean, it's a single player, new lo- no loot box. It's Respawn a real made Star, Wars, Star Wars, game. Wars game. Yep. It's hope EA looks cool. Doesn't get in there too much. And let's respawn, finish it up. Look how God of War did. I mean, that's there's no multiplayer in that. Yeah, yeah. That that's doing phenomenal. It's still got a huge player base too, and the replayability just doesn't go away. It's a gorgeous game. It is a that is play. a beautiful game. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, how about? Uh, I think we covered enough gaming news right there. Otherwise, you know, we will be here. For yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. uh, Goku, why don't you bring us into our character analysis? So this week, like you mentioned, we're talking about Daredevil. So it's too bad that uh, Sentinel couldn't join us tonight. So I know he he really is a big fan of uh, of Daredevil. Well, he, he's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Daredevil, the man without fear, was created by the late and great Stan Lee and Bill Everett, with character design input by the legendary Jack Kirby. Daredevil was first released in his own series, Daredevil, The Man Without Fear, 
in April 1964. So he's been around for 50 plus years. Sporting a yellow and red costume, it was not until the seventh issue where he would don his famous red suit. He's been portrayed in a number of mediums such as comics, TV shows, uh, movies, games, and so many others. His most recent claim to fame is the Netflix show uh, Daredevil, where he's played by Charlie Cox, which is also part of the MCU. Uh, we won't talk about the Ben Affleck Daredevil tonight, because we I tend to forget that. I someone was going to say it. Because he's the best movie. What? <laughs> ben Affleck, very good Batman, not so good Daredevil. <laughs> But I think that's more the the studio that kind of muddled up that movie. But I digress. Matt Murdock. Can, go mean, ahead. I was just going to say, we cannot only blame Ben Affleck. Because uh, no, what's ben. his name? What, what was the, the bad guy? Uh, Deadshot? Bullseye. Bullseye. Bullseye is a really that? interesting character. Yeah, that was... None of those. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter because that movie never happened. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said about the first Green Lantern movie. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Matthew Murdoch of Earth 616 uh, was born and raised in Hell's Kitchen, a neighborhood of New York City, by his father, Jonathan Battling Jack Murdoch. Matt was pushed as a child to study in the hopes of having a better life than his father, a struggling boxer. However, this made Matt a target for bullies, earning him the nickname Daredevil, as he wouldn't fight back. When his boxing career became scarcer, Jack turned to a life of as, as an enforcer for the mob. One day, Matt saw a blind man crossing the streets, about to get hit by a truck. Matt leaped into action and pushed the man out of the way, unfortunately being sprayed in the eyes by a radioactive isotope which resulted in him going blind. Side note to that, many believe a small conspiracy theory or a little anecdote that this is also the moment where the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were born and obtained their powers. So if you look at the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics, it's the exact same scene as when uh, Matt got uh, hit in the eyes with uh, that radioactive waste. I believe there are yeah, there are a ton more parallels, too, but we'll yeah. let you keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While recovering in the hospital, Matt soon learned uh, that his other senses, so smell, taste, touch, and hearing, had all been enhanced. This is where a, he also developed a sort of radar sense that let him uh, form mental images of his surroundings, which is an actual thing that's being studied now where some blind kids use clicks as a form of echolocation. Matt, Matt also met uh, Stick, which is a blind uh, martial artist that trained Matt on how to use his new abilities. While Matt still focused on his studies, he enrolled at Columbia University to study law. During this time, his past his prime father was uh, set to fight a much younger opponent. Jack had been ordered by the mob to throw the fight. But not wanting to disappoint his son that was in the audience, Jack came out victorious. Unfortunately, the mob didn't take too kindly to this and killed Jack in an alley. Distraught by his father's death, Matt wanted to avenge his death, uh, 
thus Daredevil was eventually born. Uh, with his schoolmate Foggy Nelson, the pair opened up their own law firm, and while Matt knew that he couldn't change the world as a lawyer, he believed that his alter, alter ego could. So a quote from him is, As Daredevil, I get to save the world. As a lawyer, maybe I can fix it. I need them both. That, um, that's what I realized. The warrior and the lawyer. It doesn't work if I only have one. When in, we come into his personality, his powers, his psychology, uh, there are many facets that make up Matthew Murdock and Daredevil. They are two sides of the same coin, both having conflicting views and values of the world. Cognitive dissonance is defined as a form of psychological stress for someone having two or more contradictory beliefs or values. When faced with a situation that causes them discomfort, the individual will try to find some way to resolve this contradiction in order to reduce their discomfort, sometimes in very creative ways. With regards to Matt and Daredevil, his whole world life seems to be a contradiction. Growing up with uh, he was a studious good boy, as his father told him to be, but he had an adventurous side to him. With Daredevil, he is conflicted by his Catholic faith, uh, by the law, and his thirst for vengeance. He justifies hurting others as long as he does not kill them in the hopes that he could help re rehabilitate them to effect change in the world. However, due to his deep-seated anger, which he also uses to fuel Daredevil, this is very similar to the Batman, he can sometimes lose control of his venting and cause serious physical harm to the person. As a good Catholic, he needs to repent for the pain he causes to others by him uh, during his beatings. As such, him getting hit and bloodied in kind of a masochist way is a way for him to absolve some of his sins. Some of the time that Daredevil loses control is when he's severely sleep-deprived to the, to the point where he starts having hallucinations. Matt will usually go multiple days, even a week, without sleep, partially due to sensory overload, but uh, the longer he goes without sleep, the more emotionally volatile he becomes. A normal person, which Matt is, he's not a metahuman, can only go about 11 days without sleep before it becomes fatal. Hmm. One of the most important parts of Daredevil is his powers, or more so the exaggeration of his lack of powers. When Matt lost his vision due to the chemical spill, his brain changed. We call this neuroplasticity. This is where the brain will adapt to changes and modify how it treats information. So the occipital lobe is where we uh, process light and vision amongst many other things. Um, now that he's blind, it has very limited functions due to that damage. As such, it'll take on other roles to help the other lobes and help process their functions, in short, enhancing his other senses. While this happens to many people who go blind at a young age, we won't really see the extent uh, that that it happens into the comics. 
Matt's touch is so fine-tuned, he can read uh, by touching the ink on the page. His smell is so acute that he can differentiate between twins and people from 20 feet away. And he can also pick apart smells in the atmosphere at 30 parts per million. His hearing is so acute that he, he can hear the heartbeat of someone at 20 feet away, essentially uh, making him a human lie detector, and amongst many other of his powers. Like a the superhero. Exactly. <laughs> the, the problem Sorry. with his powers, though, is that he can easily be overwhelmed uh, by sensory overload due to his lack of a sensory filter. This is something we all have. We can filter out every uh, stimuli that we have. With Daredevil, he doesn't really have that filter because everything is kind of dialed up to 12. Due to his powers, he is also so in tuned with his environment, which is Hell's Kitchen and the inhabitants, that it has become an extension of himself. He protects Hell's Kitchen not only because he wants to help the people, he feels compelled to save it due to it being part of him like any other limb. So that's my deep dive into Daredevil, and there is just so much more to the character, but I didn't want to ramble on for five hours. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the dichotomy of the Matt Murdock Daredevil. Uh, there's a, I want to say it was maybe even 2001, uh, graphic novel or, or set of comics that was introduced where it's a team up between Daredevil and Spider-Man and you would think you know looking at their power sets come on right it's crazy like one guy's you know good fighter and he's kind of get the radar thing but the other guy's Spider-Man mm-hmm. and th- there's a very well written part of that which is you know, Spider-Man's got the power but there's there's a reason that Daredevil is the man without fear mm-hmm. like he, whether it's his, his sense of justice, whether it's his, it's his uh, uh, determination to, to save Hell's Kitchen, and I stay in the kitchen every time I go to New York, by the way, just that I love the character, but uh, there's a, but he's willing to just go way past what self-preservation tells you would be a good idea to like, like maybe draw the line here and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that that comes a lot from, from his upbringing. Comes a lot from his 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 father in the, the example that the, the Battle of Jack Murdock set, and it comes a lot from that. Just uh, it, uh, Joe knows I'm going to bring it up, right? That that sense of just that Catholic guilt, sort of, right? You need to atone. Like you you need to take the punches in your face. If, if you go out there and you go in a fight and you whip everybody's butt, then you haven't done anything. And it, it's just it's it's just part of my fascination with, with uh, Matt Murdock as a character. Well, he's always battling that, too. I mean, yeah, it's he's always... always he's evolved as a character. And his, his main evolution was with Frank Miller back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And he's had a, a couple of retcons and, and modifications, but when you look at uh, the Netflix TV show, the first season is basically Frank Miller's run but... on Daredevil. Right down to him not having the, the red costume yet. It's all mm-hmm. it's just him in the black. Yeah. And and the the other thing that like it's it's almost just all all of it is is the study in, in duality because you 
also get in that first season, and just as you do in, in the source material, you get the rise of the kingpin. And I don't know that we could talk about Daredevil without talking about the kingpin, whether the character himself or even, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio's portrayal of him, but holy cow, it's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Joe, I know I'm going to keep this going long because I just keep, I just want to keep talking You're about fine. it. You're fine, I'm loving it. <laughs> I, I absolutely, the character, I, the Netflix series revitalized the character so much. I mean, he, that character has such a dedicated and loyal following that it didn't need to be brought to the big screen or any, you know, any series for people to be fans. In terms of popularity, he's been close to being canceled on numerous occasions. But he never has been. Uh, He had been pushed back to a bi-monthly back in the, in the seventies or late seventies. It's not until Frank Miller took, the role where he got just brought back. Well, that was back when you could either, you know, buy a gallon of gas or buy a comic book. I mean, you know, that was that was back then. But uh, <laughs> man, we're getting a lot of rage right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank everybody. you, everybody. Gosh, you guys are throwing me off. I can't even think yeah. straight. No. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about Daredevil? <laughs> yeah, for real. What, what do you guys think about Daredevil? Uh, there was a comic, uh, series that came out and I can't think of it. My brother actually had it and it was, uh, aliens came down and were capturing all the superheroes of earth and they were going to bring them to like fight something. It was a long time ago, but, uh, when they were capturing all the superheroes, the one superhero who was the hardest to catch was actually Daredevil. Because Daredevil could tell when they were close because of the powers that he has yeah. or lack thereof. He could tell when they were closer. He can, you know, it was this, the whole sonar thing. And you got to think the Ben Affleck movie for sh- being the first real outlet of showing what it would look like through his eyes. Mm-hmm. Seeing that, seeing that power of how he perceives everything and like, I can hit that paper right there and it would essentially just echo through the entire room and I would have a full, you know, diagram of everything. So he's like, he's the, uh, hide and seek champion. Yeah. He would say. Well, it's <laughs> e- echolocation like a dolphin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're say he's, 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 right there. He was in the movie tag, but you never saw him because he was just like, a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just watched that movie. It was great. It was a stick. Mm-hmm. It was pretty that good. That was a good flick. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. That was me. Oh, that's hilarious. Because it was um, a great movie. That's why. I, I will tell you this to tie it all back, Goku. Um, Charlie Cox's stunt double in Daredevil is Chris Brewster, who's also the Winter Soldier stunt double in uh, the, the uh, Captain America movie. Oh, nice. Really? I didn't know that. Full circle. Yep. Well, he's in the same universe, so. I know. I, I have a ton of stunt friends, so it's always cool to see, you know, who's working at what time. But um, those Netflix shows, so the Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Iron Fist, The Defenders, uh, I think there's another one, plus the 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all are inside the MCU. Mm -hmm. So they, they all tie in, which is... I, I don't know of a bigger crossover series than the MCU right now. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything that can rival it right now. I don't know if they planned to do this back in 20, uh, 2008 to do this entire run, but if they did, bravo for the pacing of everything. Yeah, it just means, come on. DC. I like when uh, Daredevil and the Punisher were to, together there. Yeah, that was oh, season yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. John Bernthal bringing in the Punisher. Jessica Jones, I think, is fantastic. The other ones yeah. I didn't really care too much for, but. That's another conversation. Yeah, <laughs> another episode. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Dr. Goku. That was really cool. And Nick, thank you so much for suggesting that for our character analysis. Yeah, Daredevil was really interesting. He is. Uh, so, many, so many layers to him. And, you know, a lot of stuff to relate to. Growing up Catholic, but not being able to, you know, do the sonar or martial art thing. It's it, it <laughs> you to a different perspective. <laughs> Well, he never loses that. Like, it doesn't matter how to a series or anything like that. That is the the constant one battle that he's always fighting with himself is the right and wrong. But, you know, he the I don't want to bring religion into it, but the church to him, he looks at essentially like uh, the holy rules, like the ten like the Ten Commandments and this and that. It's a it's moral, a, it's a moral compass. Moral. His yeah, moral compass a, is very directed. System of values that gets drilled into you through repetition. And you, you get that with the, you know, combined with a, a boxer dad. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yep. I really look forward to, uh, I really hope that they, uh, give that a little bit more love. You know, I don't know if, uh, Disney's plan is to pull their, you know, Netflix's licensing away or whatnot. But it's I'm, Disney. I'm, they, they have the they have the finances. Yep, I'm very guilty of being part of the hashtag Save Daredevil movement. <laughs> uh, moving into uh, just uh, community news, we didn't really have. There's not really all too much going on. Uh, does anybody have anything? Uh, not that I can really think of. We have our stream coming up the next month. Yep, that's going to be uh, mid-next month, uh, at the tail end of Mental Health Week. Uh, well, Mental Health Awareness Week. There's, uh, the entire month is Mental Health Awareness, but, uh, there's a real, uh, push for between the 13th through the 19th. And we're going to be uh, bringing out a uh, a lot of uh, content that week that is focused on mental health and mental health topics and positive gaming. So we're really looking forward to that. We're starting to work on that right now. And then we're going to end that week with a, uh, a great uh, mental health uh, benefit stream for stackup.org and all the great work that they do with their uh, – their psych team with uh, supporting uh, veterans. So that'll be really great to uh, end the week with right there. Uh, also, let me, we, let me know what, how I can help promote that because my birthday is actually the 18th. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh, maybe we'll just have you come on stream with us. 
and we'll that's see awesome. like a Mets talk stream. And uh, what about a, a shout out to the community to uh, maybe give us some topics to discuss that week or mm-hmm. suggestions for games or something like that? Um, that is a great idea, Chris. I'm going to write that down, and we are going to we're going to put something out in the next uh, coming weeks as we continue to develop that. We really want to bring uh, everything we can to that week, and that would be uh, be great. Yeah, or maybe we can even do some, you know, gameplay with some guests or something or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Let me, let me see if I can with, with our with our podcast and our streamers and see if we can do, uh, spread the love. Cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. There's a whole lot of great streamers in our chat right now. Is is, is there? Yeah, Mister yeah. Fud, Hydro. Hey, Fud. Hydro has already said she wants to. Uh, Participate yes. in Mental Health Week. So yeah, that would be great. Uh, one other thing that is going on in the project, uh, we're actually organizing a actually uh, actually Dr. Goku and the mental health team and all the teams are going to be taking a uh, ally near future. I'm looking forward to that. And we get we with there's been a. Uh, We've been getting a lot of people coming into the project that are transitioning and to make sure that the project teams are uh, acknowledging everyone properly and continuing to educate ourselves to better support everybody uh, out there. Uh, we are organizing an entire team-wide uh, program to go uh, it's called Ally, but yeah, I don't have it. I have it right here. It's called the Safe Zone ah. Project. Yep. So it's a, learning the terminologies, the, the different types of genders, pronouns, how to become a better ally, and having a safe space for everyone in inside the project or outside that want to join in to feel safe that they can talk to someone. Yeah, I think it's such an important topic right now because that all of that information is just changing so quickly and, you know, in more forefront, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially, you know, with the way we do things in Discord and stuff, it can be difficult. So, Yep. And, uh, you know, we're going, working on developing better ways to approach everything. And uh, we want to make sure that we're we're appropriate and uh, acknowledge everybody correctly, and just continue to educate ourselves going. And Dr. Goku's paying all of us to do it. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, we're all paying ourselves out of our own personal pockets to uh, take this course, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and I think that's about it. Nick, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, I can't thank you enough. It's been a lot of fun tonight. You're a blast. Uh, you know, I hope you come back again. I hope we didn't scare you off. Uh, I've had such a great time. I mean, you guys have been very understanding with the technology hiccups and, uh, and willing to dive into gaming stuff and character stuff. And I mean, I was when you asked me to come on and you were like, 
which character would you want to play? Really? <laughs> <laughs> what an odd question. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've, I've had an absolute blast, and any any way that I can help you guys promote Fourth Cause, be happy to appreciate that, bud. It's a lot. Yeah, um, character analyses are a lot of work, but they're so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is this one is an onion, man. There's so many layers to the mm. And with the character analysis, I tend to go a little bit more superficial because I, if I would really go into deep dives, it would take me weeks and weeks to to work on the characters. So, kind <laughs> of go on on a general basis. But keep a lookout uh, soon. Doctor Goku has got some uh, some plans for some uh, video content and this and that. Maybe he'll yeah, right. dive into these characters a little bit deeper. We'll see down the road. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Nick, where can people find you? Uh, so uh, easiest place is nickkelly.com. That is uh, where I host uh, the reviews that I do. I, I worked for about a decade on a, a site called horrorview.com. And about half of that, I was the indie guy. So I've watched horror movies that most people could do uh, and, and still stay mentally okay. Um, but I do TV book and movie reviews there as well as some interview stuff. So that's the easiest place. Um, the Twitter and other social media handles are a little bit of a mixed bag because I didn't necessarily make them all the same, with me, which is a shame. But if you go to nickkelly.com, you can get to me there. And then I'm always on Twitter at nick underscore kelly. Very cool. Um where can uh, people find some of the podcasts that you're on? Okay, so they're they're all exactly the name of the, the podcast. So uh, happyhourfromthetower.com is our Destiny theme podcast. Please, please, please visit, harass my co-hosts because they're a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't. I only get a certain amount of time to do that. Uh, <laughs> ADHDDnd.com is our Dungeons and Dragons gameplay podcast, and then the Geek Wolfpack podcast.com. Those are the three. Fantastic. Do you have links to those on your Twitter? Uh, thanks. <laughs> no, they're, they're attached to uh, his website. You yeah. can find them on there. Alma Fudd would be very interested in that D&D one, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Alma, it, if he's still in chat. It, it's pretty bonkers, but again, you know, we have the, the best straight man dungeon master that money could buy, so I'm very thankful for him. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, thank you everybody for joining us tonight. Uh, you can find uh, you know the Saint Fourteen Project podcast uh, on Twitter, Instagram. At Sentinel Dad's so good at this last part; he's got it like down to a T for a closing. So yeah. I'm going to butcher it. Actually, tell you, <laughs> I, should, I should have Dave for Chris do it. <laughs> Not it. Not it. <laughs> Alright, alright. I'm gonna edit this down so no one's ever gonna hear this part right here. <laughs> Just or maybe I'm on Twitch. Exactly. They're the only ones that will hear me stumble over this because he just literally pop, 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 pop. He's got it down. But thank you everybody so much for uh, joining on you know and the project and everybody that has come and hung out with us live and rated and just interacted with us. Thank you so much. Each and every one of you make this so much fun, and we look forward to it every single time. 
Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere all over the socials at Project Guardians. Or you can find us on our website at projectguardians.org. Uh, we also have a Discord. That link is never ending, never expiring, and that is pinned right to our Twitter, uh, right on the headboard, whatever it is. It's not a headboard. That's what it's called, is it? No. <laughs> All right, it's on the headboard. Uh, <laughs> now that you made me think about it, I can't remember what it's called. It's a post-it. It's on top of Twitter. It's Twitter. Banner. 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 Oh, yeah. That makes more sense. Uh, you can find us there. Please come hang out with us anytime. Uh, you can also find us on the St. 14 Project Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Witcher, Clitcher, everywhere. You know, all the issues. <laughs> if all it rhymes and this and that, all the places. If it's a itcher in it, we're, we're there. Yes. No, not those. Don't, don't get it. No. <laughs> now I can tell you're in, you know, into the scary movies and everything. I had a nightmare about that movie, but I never even watched it. You should have nightmares because of it. <laughs> Edit that part. No. Uh, Fixitinpost.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Chris, Dr. Goku, Hatchy Dave, I'm Average Joe. And be sure to check out Bell Bunny and Sentinel Dad. And everybody have a good night. 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 Night, everyone. Whatever. Have a good night. (laughs) We're going to bed. Good night. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Later. Good night.